Welcome to the City on a Hill Church Brighton podcast. We exist to help people love, trust, and follow Jesus in everyday life. We're glad you're here, and thanks for listening. More information on the life and mission of City on a Hill Church can be found at coabrighton.org. That's C-O-A-H-Brighton.org. Good afternoon. Uh, It's a joy to have some new faces today. Uh, With the Christmas holiday, some of our church family is away. And then we have you, a lot of our guests, come and join us to be like our family. Uh, For our church guys, I want to let you know we've got some friends here that were from our previous summer Gen Sen team that served us for eight weeks. And so we've got some visitors back from that. And then we've got a whole team from South Carolina that has been all over Boston the past week or so. And they've been joining us today. We get to hang out with them a little bit after service. Um, So sort of gets oriented with our teaching today. We're in the book of Ephesians and we're in the book of, or in the chapter uh, four. And so all about how a new church or a new church family operates. And so last week we talked a lot about spiritual gifts. And you remember that clip I showed on the screen, the Avengers, right? They all sort of assembled together. They all had different talents and abilities and super strength. And they all assembled together for a greater purpose. And then this week we're we're talking about sort of the, the summary of that, how we are to speak and act and care for one another. Uh, So let me show you this picture as an illustration as we begin today that really summarizes what the passage is really going to be about. Let's see if that picture comes up here. So you see a father uh, rescuing his son from a massive, uh, massive wave. Uh, This was published in September of 2016 in San Diego. Uh, This was taken, uh, there were some 12 foot waves Uh, that day near Sunset Cliffs. And the story goes that there was lifeguards normally around that area warning people about uh, storms that would be coming and how uh, big the waves would that would crash into the cliffs and then, you know, push the people over into the water. Uh, Well, unfortunately, the lifeguards were not paying attention that day and a father and his son were out near the Sunset Cliffs and a massive wave that was 12 foot came and hit the rocks and pushed the boy which you can't see, sort of they're right on the edge. And so the father ran over to the boy and picked him up and rescued him from the giant winds and the giant waves. And that's a really good background for today's text because God is warning us through the author Paul in this book that there are big winds and big waves that can come and harm our walks with Jesus and our walks with one another. And that's sort of how we begin in verse 15. So if you have your Bible, you'll see it on the screen. Look at verse 15 and how this passage starts. It says, rather speaking the truth in love. So that word rather, right? It shows us a contrast between two options that the author is talking about. Like if you've ever been to a traditional wedding, you would rather have beef or chicken. Rather is kind of the option here. And in this text, we see two options that the author Paul is referring to. Option one, speak the truth in love. Or you see the other option in verse 14. We speak the truth in love to one another as a church, or we let others be like children, verse 14, who get tossed to and fro by the waves and they're carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. So God is clearly telling us in this passage that rather than letting others be tossed to and fro by the waves or carried away by wind into harm, we are to do what? We are to speak the truth and love to each other. 
And for a new church plant like us, if you're familiar with our church, we planted just two years ago. We survived a pandemic together, race riots together, uh, people losing their jobs together. We were six months in as a church when all of that hit. And so when all of that happened, these waves of new uh, things happening in our culture and waves of a, a pandemic, waves of viruses, when all those waves hit us, many of us began to believe different things. We were carried about way by different waves of doctrine or by cultural thinking. And so what we had to do as a church and what maybe you had to do individually is say, how do I know what to believe? Or what anchors me down when the waves come crashing and the wind blows? And so for a new church like ours, it's really important that we see these two options. We speak the truth to one another and that truth serves like an anchor. It doesn't hold someone down from their potential it holds someone grounded from drifting off or drowning. Does this make sense? And so Paul's giving us this illustration here. He's showing this sort of dichotomy between two things. He's showing us that we either speak the truth in love or when we don't, like the lifeguards didn't with that family, then we see people being carried off or we see them being pushed down by the waves. That's the imagery we're getting here. We speak the truth in love. But we have to admit, right? We've lived long enough. We've got social media. We've got Facebook. We've got friends and neighbors that believe differently than us, right? We must admit, speaking the truth in love is one of the most hardest things there is relationally, right? Super challenging, especially in a postmodern era where truth is seen as relative. But the way this passage is written, friends, is it communicates that God has indeed given us something that are absolute God's given us absolute truths that are absolutely good. And what God is showing us that there are truths that keep us from certain winds and certain waves that seek to harm us. And when truth is given, it acts like an anchor or it acts like a ship to remove us from those harms. Do you see that here? When it comes to speaking the truth in love, we must remember that it's really not about us when we're speaking the truth in love. It's really about the care and spiritual welfare of another. It's about their flourishing that comes from living in line with God's design for human life. One of the reasons why we don't speak the truth in love is just simply what? Fear. We're afraid of losing a friendship, right? We're straining a relationship. Guys, this is Thanksgiving and Christmas time, right? We all know that political conversation, that financial conversation, that religious conversation that we try to avoid with our family and it just gets awkward, right? We all seek to avoid it. We have fear that we're gonna lose a friendship or we're gonna strain a relationship. That's one of the number one reasons why you and I don't speak the truth in love as God tells us to in this passage. Another reason we don't speak the truth to others is because of this fear of, rejection. It's possible that we're going to be labeled as bigoted or judgmental or self-righteous if we share a concept of absolute truth. We're afraid that we're going to be disregarded, right? Or maybe abandoned. But what's powerful about this passage is the word love that's here. Did you notice it? The word love that's referred to in this verse is very freeing for us. And why is that? Because that word for love that's here is agape love. And that's identified with God in the Bible. It's the type of love that God has. And it's this love that's unconditional, it's self-sacrificial, and it always works for the benefit of the one loved. Same type of love that God gave to us 
And since we have his unconditional acceptance, we aren't to fear another's rejection. In fact, we are actually to fear another person's harm from the wind and the waves if we don't speak the truth to them in love. Does that make sense? That's Paul's really urging us here that love is actually grace and truth. Now, just a side note here, uh, speaking uh, the truth in love is not a quest for you to get on your self-righteous horse and put your uh, rightness out there for everyone to prove how smart and good and educated you are and how wrong everyone else is. That's not the motive of speaking the truth in love. Uh, In a room this size with uh, our, our crowd here today, Uh, It it wouldn't surprise me if some of you fall on the love side without truth and some of you fall on the truth side without love. Is that fair? We all have known someone that's like, I'll just speak the truth. I'm like, yeah, but it hurts. Like you slights my jugular. Like it was hurtful when you spoke the truth to me. I think I'm more wounded uh, when you spoke to me than if I just had not had a conversation with you. And then we know those and our maybe friendships or family that they just love to the detriment of the person. They just allow them to keep doing or saying or living the way they are, but they're actually walking towards their own harm or hurt. And so Paul's reminding them today, there are winds, there are waves. And to help our friends and neighbors and to help our church family, we've got to speak the truth, but the motive can't be self-righteousness. It must be self-sacrifice, the care and the love of another. And this is what indeed God did for us. He spoke truth to us, right? That's hurtful to hear this next statement. You and I are sinners separated from God, deserving of his punishment. That's a hard statement, right? It's a hard statement to hear. This is what the Bible's telling us about our, the nature of our heart, that our heart is set against God. We don't want him to be our authority. We want to be autonomous. We think that we know the best way for us. And God in his grace brings truth and saying, no, you actually don't know what's best for you because I'm the one that designed you. And I've got a plan for human flourishing and a certain way to actually uplift your freedom and pursue happiness in me. But because of sin, we, we sort of choose our own way of thinking and our own logic and what we feel begins to guide what we do. But sometimes how we feel doesn't accord with what's right for us. Have you guys ever uh, went to sleep Hopefully that's all of us. Yes, finally, the first amen. Yes, amen. Yes, I'm going to sleep. Let's just close down the message now. Yeah. Uh, if you ever go to sleep and you have this dream, the dreams can be a couple of varieties of things. You have a dream that um, you were unprepared for something or you're going to be late for something. And you were anxious the entire dream because you thought about the consequences of you being late to your work when you had to present or you had to be somewhere on time. And you're like, I can't find my keys or my shoes. Have you ever had that anxious dream before? Raise your hand if you felt that way. Anybody had that dream? Or you had a dream where you were in conflict with someone. In that dream, it was your spouse or a roommate or a boss. And you woke up and you were like, I'm ready to fight them right now. You woke up angry. Anybody else have those dreams? Now, let me ask you this question. Were those dreams a reality? But your feelings were real, right? Sometimes, friends, our feelings can be based in things that are not reality. Our feelings are real, but what's going on should not 
lead us. So if I have a dream that, you know, Emily was terrible to me, my wife, and did all these awful things, should I wake up and just start yelling at her? I'm packing my bags. I'm leaving my house. Should my feelings of anger of what happened in the dream cause my actions to do something? And so guys, what I'm, what I'm pointing out here is that I'm, I'm saying that sometimes our feelings are not based in what's true or what's right for us. They're real and you're very much feeling them, but should our feelings lead us is what I'm getting to. And I think what happens in our culture and often in the times our church, it's how we think or how we feel that guides us. And my friends, our feelings are like the wind. They're like the waves. They're fleeting and they move and they change. So just like your dreams and sometimes your, your dreams and your feelings are kind of mismatched with reality, friends, sometimes your feelings and sometimes your thoughts aren't actually anchored in what's true or what's right or good for you. And so what's really hard about the Christian worldview is that we say that there are things that God has given us that are absolutely true for our absolute good. And we're anchored in by those things so that the waves and the winds don't crash and destroy us. So friends, because we love one another, we must speak the truth. We must speak the truth. Because I think some of the most hardest truth is what some of our doctors or nurses have to do in our church. If someone is diagnosed with cancer or they have to say that, I'm so sorry, family, but we did the best we could. We, we lost a loved one. Sometimes speaking the truth is one of the hardest things, but the best thing a doctor can do for a patient with cancer is to what? Tell them their diagnosis. Tell them what's wrong and then lead them to what is right. A medication, a treatment plan. And what Christianity simply is, is God telling us there's something wrong with our hearts and it's sin. It's our rebellion against God and his good ways for us. And the antidote and treatment is Jesus. His death on the cross cancels the penalty of our sin. His life with us is where we find the freedom and joy. And my friends, one of the hardest things to do as Christians is to share this message because this is the way of life and hope, but it often goes against how we feel and we don't want some other God to be above us. And isn't, isn't Christianity restricting or limiting or you know, freedom pushing? It's like, no, it actually is the, it's the place where freedom and grace and happiness can be found is in our relationship with God. So my friends, we must speak the truth in grace to one another. But if I can give you just a quick uh, couple notes here, just kind of like coaching notes, if you would. Um, it's really important to know the truth if we're gonna speak the truth. We've gotta know it. And so my friends, I really encourage you to, to know what's inside God's word. You must know the Bible, the 66 books that are included in our Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's all God's design for how he wanted a relationship with us and the goodness that, humanity can bring to one another that reflects who he is. So if we're going to speak the truth to one another, friends, we must know the truth. And also to, to speak the truth, we also, it's helpful when we know the person. We don't just walk up to them on the street or we don't just walk up to a certain group of people and we don't just start telling them how they should live their life or what they need to believe. We can enter in and we can spend time with them listen to them, ask them about their thoughts and their feelings, their desires and their, their choices and begin to have conversation with people about truth. And then last, we've got to know the love of God. We have to know the truth, know the person and know the love of God. 
We have to know that God's love is patient towards us and he's long suffering, he's enduring with us. And guys, this is so important because when we're in these conversations with our friends, neighbor, family, church about speaking the truth in love, it takes time. And you get frustrated in those conversations, don't we? And so if you know God's love towards you is patient, it's long suffering with you, God has endured with you. And when you take all of what God has given to you, it empowers you to give that to others. So guys, if we're gonna speak the truth in love, we got to know the truth, know the people, spend time with them, and then know the love of God. Now that's sort of how we start here, right? That's how we start this message, but we've got to unpack a couple things that were surprising in the verse that sort of led us to this. It said, rather speak the truth in love and rather was begin two different options. But what was it about, right? It's interesting that God tells us here, there's four types of winds and waves that we often get tossed around by and carried away with. Four types here. And I'll just simply briefly walk through some of these, but it's the waves of the unexpected, the winds of culture, the winds of relational wounds and the winds of sin and temptation. We'll walk through those briefly together. The first thing that often pushes against us is this, the waves of the unexpected, events or circumstances that happen to us that begin to challenge what we think or believe or live like. And because of that event, we begin to go astray and the waves knock us over. They push us down. They pull us out to sea and away from safe harbor. Notice what verse uh, 14 said, it said, so that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves. And then we learn in 15, rather we must speak the truth in love. So there's a direct correlation here, friends. Either we speak the truth in love to one another or just like that picture, you're like a lifeguard standing out, watching someone like a child draw close to the waves and be hit by it. Got something really big for our church, right? I'm sure some of our guests as well was the pandemic was a super big challenge. It was a huge political year, a huge racially uh, intense year. It was super challenging. And there was lots of thoughts or opinions going around about what's true or what's right. Is this a false election? Was there something happening here? Do we believe the vaccines? Do we not believe the vaccines? So many things begin to toss us to and fro. And some of us kind of got caught up in it, not really knowing what to believe or what to trust. Do I go to Fox News or do I go to CNN? Do I go to Facebook? Do I, do I go with what my aunt, you know, said, Sandra said on Facebook, which we never should do that, right? Uh, not like I have it on Sandra, but you know what I'm saying. So what do we do with all this stuff? And I think what happens is that when we have the truth and we speak it in love, it helps anchor us in. And for right now in a room this size, I'd suppose that some of you are being hit by different events different circumstances that act like waves pushing you and challenging your beliefs and what you trust in. Some of you might be in a place right now where you've lost a job. You've had a recent breakup or relational wound and just feels like a wave is just crashing you and hitting you. Or maybe it's just the future. You didn't get into the grad program that you thought you would. You have no idea what you're going to do after college or grad school. You had this unexpected death in your family There's an unexpected child born into your family. And it feels like these waves, you you know that there's waves out there like you're at the beach, but all of us have been hit by an unexpected wave, have we not? You're like, oh, that wave was a lot bigger than I thought it was. It knocked you down or it affected you in some way. And what's helpful 
is if we have friends and neighbors who know the Bible, then know the truth, that when you're being hit back and forth with events and circumstances in your life, you're close enough to them that when you're confused and disoriented, why are you doing this to me, God? And why won't you answer me? And what's happening here? How am I supposed to understand what's going on? You're anchored in by truth. So here's the question. Are you close enough to someone in our church that knows you, knows what you struggle with, and that you have let them into your life to speak truth? Or are you standoffish and guarded and and community group time or our smaller DNA group times, do you sort of hide the real stuff because you don't want someone to speak into your life? My friends, I don't want to see any of us being tossed to and fro by the waves of unexpected circumstances. We want to be close enough to each other in this church that when something happens in your personal life, your marriage, your, your job, whatever the case may be in your distant family, that you're not being tossed back and forth alone, that you're anchored into the body of Christ where we are caring for you, speaking truth to you and encouraging you, praying for you. Does that make sense? It's super important because all the time we're going to be hit by the waves of the unexpected. But we've got to speak the truth in love so it doesn't end up harming us and hurting us. The second thing here we say is not just the, the, the waves of the unexpected, but it's the winds of culture. And there's a lot of good things about culture. I'm not throwing it all out the window saying culture is terrible. We need to do the antithesis of what the world is doing. I'm not saying that by any means, but there's certain things that our culture believes that have sort of seeped into the Christian heart and mind that has actually been hurtful for the flourishing of the rest of humanity. We get this from this verse. It says this, so that we might not be carried away by every wind of doctrine is what the word says. Speak the truth in love so that we may not be carried away by every wind of doctrine. Guys, there's something in our culture called expressive individualism. You've seen it. You may not be able to identify the words of it, but here's what expressive individualism means. It means that human beings are defined by their inward individual psychological core, how they think and feel about themselves. And that the purpose of life is allowing that core to find its outward expression in social circles and relationships and in life. And if they can do that successfully, then they will achieve freedom and happiness. So it has this slogan, you be you, be true to yourself. Follow your heart, find yourself. Where the Christian catechism says the chief end of mankind is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Expressive individualism flips that and says the chief end of mankind is to glorify self so that self can enjoy self forever. Because some of the tenets of this that you've heard in our culture that it's really like a wind. It's blowing through the church and, and community groups and people. It's, it's blowing through. And here's some of the tenets of what that believes. The highest good is in individual freedom and happiness, self-definition and self-expression. Another one is traditions and religions and received wisdoms, regulations, social ties. All of those things restrict freedom and happiness and self-definition. And so therefore we must reshape those things. We must deconstruct those things and we must destroy those things. These are some of the doctrines that are being poured into culture. Another one is that the world will inevitably improve as the scope of individual freedom grows. Technology in particular, the internet, social media, 
will be sort of the motor for this progression to continue until we reach this utopia. Another one is that the primary social ethic is tolerance, where everyone's self-defined quest for individual freedom and self-expression must be approved. Any deviation from this ethic of tolerance is dangerous and must not be tolerated, is what's said. Therefore, social justice is less about economic and class inequality, but it's more about issues of equality relating to individual identity and self-expression and sexuality and gender and personal autonomy. Therefore, if we take all of that, it says large structures or institutions or churches are suspicious at best and evil at worst. And then the last part of this all sort of culminates in this. Forms of external authority are rejected and personal autonomy is ultimate. This is one of the the largest areas where we are being carried away by every wind of doctrine. This expressive self-individualism is a massive movement that's happening. It affects gender and sexuality, views of self. We're seeing a depression and anxiety at all time high. And what we're trying to do is saying, how do I think and how do I feel? I must connect and find all the answers within. And then when I can find how to get these answers out of me and express myself in relationships and social circles, then finally I'll be free and find my happiness and my joy. But the problem with this and the hope of Christianity is that our answers never come from within. The hope for freedom, the hope for struggling with your identity or your sexuality or your depression or anxiety. Yes, there's medication. Yes, there's care. Yes, there's counseling. But the hope is never within us. It's within Christ. We can't look downward or inward to self to look for hope. We must look upward to someone else that's made us, designed us, understands us. But the problem is that sometimes our culture doesn't want to submit to another authority that might be limiting of that freedom. But guys, listen, let me ask you, we often, all of us would admit, we we protect what's precious, don't we? We protect what's precious. If you have a valuable in a hotel room, you might put it in that, you know, uh, locker that's safe, you know, when you leave the hotel. Or if you've got special jewelry, you kind of put it in a a lockbox at home. You take your money, you put it in the bank. You take a child, you hold their hand across the street. Whatever it is, you protect what's precious. And what God has done in his word is he's giving us protective, loving parameters so that you and I can flourish most. So you know what he says? Don't murder. And all of us are like, okay, that's that's pretty good. Okay, don't lie. Oh, I can see that one because I've been hurt by some lies. Don't steal, okay? People have taken my stuff before. That's probably not a good idea. We're okay with those, but then God begins to kind of continue to give other ones that step on our personal autonomy, but the same rules apply. We protect what's precious. And in God's word, he's given that to us, a way for us to flourish, give him glory, bring good to others. And so this is a huge one. We're often carried away by this idea of self-expression. I must finally connect with my psychological core and then express it. And if I can do it perfectly and successfully, I'm happy, I'm free. And if you look at the stats, we are one of the most dependent on medication, our generation. Not that medication's bad, but we're seeking and desiring something and we're making self have to carry it all. We've got to find out our future. We've got to express ourselves the best. How can I look good and say good and get the most likes on Instagram or have the most story or have the most experiences and we're crushed by the weight of all of that. 
And then God simply tells us in his word this. If the son sets you free, you're free indeed. Whoever finds his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You make known to me the path of life in your presence, not self-expression, is their fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Guys, I know this is not a popular point, but my job as a pastor and your friend is to communicate some things that are in culture that are blowing through like wind and we're being carried away by certain doctrine. And we may be celebrating certain things in our culture that are bringing hurt to others and harm to them rather than careful, caring conversations about what can help people flourish and connect them to what their hearts are desiring most, which is always something about God and himself. So my friends, think about maybe something in culture that you've begun to believe is best or right. Maybe you feel bullied into believing something is best and right that doesn't really accord with scripture. And then hear the counsel of this text again, rather speak the truth in love. So it's not a fun point to navigate through, but we've got two more not fun points to navigate through before we end. Number three are the winds of relational wounds. The winds of relational wounds. The verse says this, so that we may not be carried away by every wind of human cunning. Human cunning. As members of the same body in this church, we're not to deceive or mislead one another about how we're doing, about what's happening in our life, about our marriages or our parenting, how we're personally feeling or doing. We should not defraud one another because in the end that ends up hurting you. So part of our values here of a church are gospel, community, and mission. And we want the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to infiltrate every area of our heart and life, to speak truth in hope. But many of in this church has probably been hurt by someone else, either in this church or someone somewhere else. You've been carried away by someone else's relational wounds of, to you. So you've disregarded them or you've moved community groups or you've changed churches or you've broken up with someone or you have bitterness in your heart and you're being carried away by what's happened in this human relationship with someone else. You begin to be bitter and you begin to, to kind of um, have human cunning towards your, your relationship with them. You begin to kind of lie and, and uh, be passive aggressive towards them. And I want to remind you that all of the relational wounds that happened with you and that person can be reconciled through speaking the truth in love. So I don't want you to be carried away. We've all been carried away by bitterness at times, have we not? Someone said something, you said something, and you begin to feel this relational tear and you begin to separate. This human cunning is a great way for the enemy to tear up the church, tear up friendships, tear up families. And so we're all divided up and we can't see like we talked about last week, the unified care and love and power of the church. So let me ask you, is there a relational wound that you've been carried away by? There's bitterness sitting in you right now with someone in our church, someone in your family, and you're letting the enemy sort of carry you away with that wind. And maybe you need some help, some counseling, some care from our church 
But most importantly, you may need to go to that person and speak the truth in love with that person and not let human cunning in your heart or in their heart lead you astray. The last thing we see here is the wind of sin and temptation. Sin and temptation. The verse says this, so that we may not be carried away by every wind of craftiness and deceitful schemes. Guys, one of the biggest ways we get carried away from the truths and the presence of Jesus is when you and I wander into sin. Sin is simply living outside of God's good design for human flourishing. Simply what it is. God gave a path, says, yes, I know it's narrow, but it's for your good. I protect what's precious. So this is the way we've broken in into sin, but by God's grace, God has come to pay for that sin on the cross so that we can be back on the path and be in a relationship with God. And he doesn't hold our sin against us. And we can have a relationship with him. And one day we get to go to heaven. But what happens is that we're often tricked thinking my freedom is on this path. My joy is on that path with this person doing these things. If I could only get this job or this degree or whatever it is, that would give me hope and that would give me joy. And if I lose that person or if I lose that job or I get fired, that's my everything. And what happens is that we begin to be carried away by the craftiness of deceitful schemes thinking that someone or something can provide you joy, happiness, or freedom when all of those things are found in Christ. And guys, all of us in the room, including myself, maybe as a chief of sinners, I struggle with all four of these things. I'm carried away by sin and temptation. I'm carried away by relational wounds. I'm carried away by tons of things, the culture that's often around us and unexpected things that's happened and all the the struggles I have. And the most helpful thing is when you as a church have spoken some really good truths to me. Uh, We come up basically on one year anniversary of when I had some freak uh, head problem last year. Uh, I was in the hospital for a few days with a vestibular migraine that they tested me for brain cancer and cancer in my spine and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what in the world's happening? Uh, My vision just went out one day. Matt had to come and uh, scoop out uh, the snow from my car. Emily had to carry me down the stairs, get me in the car, go to the hospital. I'm like, what is going on? I can't see straight. Uh, There's, you know, I'm revisiting all of my food again. I just kind of keep it light for you. Uh, doctors aren't sure what's going on. I get migraines all my life, but had this vestibular migraine and it affected me for like months. Couldn't see straight, couldn't walk straight, couldn't drive. And I'm like, what's happening? I was discouraged. Our church has just gone through a pandemic. We just brought a new little girl into our home for foster care. And I'm like, what is happening? And I'm being carried away by these waves of what's happened in my life. I begin to believe things about myself and others that are just not true. And I needed the church to speak the truth to me in love. Hey, brother, we, we got you. We're not gonna leave the body. Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you. What's your family need? You're, you're not just someone that's supposed to do something for us. We're, we're a family together. How can I pray for you? How can I, how can I support you? They brought scriptures up to me. Lamentations 3, I think Brandon brought up in one of our men's DNA group and saying, hey, there's, there's some things that just happen to us sometimes, but where do we find our joy? How can I, how can I pray for you? Guys, all of us are susceptible to being carried away by a wave or a wind. All of us need people to speak the truth in grace. The question is, are you close enough with people in our church to receive that? And friends, this is the biggest thing that holds us together. So let's finish up this passage. So it says, verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. 
Remember that little child right there? It walked near. So at the end of the cliff, the dad had to come and rescue them. The goal is for us not to be like children constantly running towards this wind and that wave and false doctrine and cultural trends or whatever the temptation sin. We are to be like a child that grows up into Christ, the verse says. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head of the church, into Christ. We're to grow up into him. So guys, to avoid being pulled into error, we must have a firm grip on the truth of scripture. To avoid being pulled out into the sea of sin, we're to be anchored down by the anchor that who is Christ. Hebrews 6 tells us this, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. It's Jesus who has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. Guys, winds and waves will carry you out, but the anchors and truth of Jesus will hold you down, hold you together. We are to grow up into this anchor so that when the winds hit, the waves hit, you're able to speak the truth of the gospel to someone else so they're not carried out into chaos or in harm or some other belief that's not good for them, for them to not live in that sort of reality dream moment where they feel something, but we're like, hey, hey, you shouldn't follow always your feelings because your feelings could be marred or not correctly anchored in something good for you. So it says from the whole body, we're joined together. We're held together by every joint with which it's equipped. When each part, guys, this is so key. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's super key to each of you who call yourself a Christian online or in this room. Each part working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you know what that means? That means you individually have a responsibility to work and build yourself up in Christ. For you to study the scriptures and spend time with God himself. For you to pray and speak to him and have him speak to you. We have a responsibility to work this out and by joining with him, by praying with him, by being with him, and then the church as a whole has a responsibility to work this way as well. Our leaders in our church, our community group leaders, me as your pastor, we're to work in such a way that we see how everyone is working properly, meaning they're walking with God. They're not being blown about or pushed about by waves or winds. There's a personal responsibility you have here for you to grow up into Christ for you to hold on to the anchor of Christ. And then here's the good news of Christmas, that when you let go of the anchor, when you went into the sea, there's someone who came after you. Even if you don't hold up your part of the bargain, even if you right now have followed a wind out to sea or been pushed over by a wave and you're so far deep in sin, so far away from God, You don't want to believe anything about Christianity, but there's something about this belief system. There's something about this person that's alluring to you because he knows you and sees you. This is the hope of Christmas. This God is not distant. This God has come. The point of Christmas is that this God didn't just leave you out to sea. God came to see you where you are, living in your place, dying in your place so that you can have a place with him. He was born in a humble, lowly place. So humble, lowly people like us could come and know him. Christianity is not just a set of rules. It's a person to have a relationship with. And then he gives a plan and a way 
of our flourishing that ends up in our freedom and our hope. This is the path for your good and his glory. So friends, listen, there might be hard conversations you need to have in our church and community groups and DNA groups, but we must speak the truth in love, not love without truth, which is brutality and not love or not truth without love. Friends, we must balance these well together for us to grow and make sure that every part is working properly. Let's pray together. 